you're now tuned into another episode of The Underground. Each week, we dive into what it means to create, nurture, and live in communities everywhere. This is The Underground with Ryan Moore and Justin Lon Carrick. Welcome, welcome to another episode of The Underground Podcast. I'm Justin, and I'm here with Ryan. What's up, bud? You know what? We're virtual again. Can't complain, I guess. At least we're here. Living the lockdown life. <laughs> I will. Okay, so we talk about this a lot, but now you've added like some sort of blanket situation to your couch situation. So you're yeah. getting more and more cozy every week. Every week as we move on. Hey, you know what? This is my thing. If you want me not cozy, if you want me not looking like this, we got to do it in person. If we're not going to do it in person, I'm going to be here on my couch. <laughs> That's fair. I'll give it. I'll give you that. And There's no echo here. This is half your fault, Justin. I know. We talked about it. I was upstairs. It. I was in a professional office environment in a, in a home office, and you said there was too much echo. So now I'm on my couch. So you can't complain. This is your fault. I, I will take the blame on that. No problem at all. You told me before that your dad's heading down to Florida. Is he already down there? He's been down. Yeah, he's actually... Ridiculous. He's in a he's in a hockey tournament in Tampa Bay. <laughs> so tell me the process. Did he get his vaccine when he went down or what did he do? Yeah, he's fully vaccinated. Now here's the craziest part. This is gonna be, of course, Florida. It's the wild west down there on the east coast. But here here's the craziest part. To get his vaccine, he had to have a Florida address. He has that. Okay. So he just went on a website. And put his address in. They're like, yep, you're good. What time do you want? Right away, was able to book right away, get his vaccine booked. So he landed within three hours of landing his plane. He was getting vaccinated. Now, the other thing is what he said. Now, this is him talking, and I, I believe him because it's Florida. He showed up at the vaccination clinic, and yeah. he just said, hi, my name's Greg, Greg Moore. My address is this, verbally. Yeah. And they just go, okay, have a seat. He sat down, they stuck him, monitored him for 15 minutes, and he got a receipt for his next vaccine, and he was gone. They didn't even ask him for ID. (laughs) Now, how much did that cost? Did he have to pay for it, or was it just because he has a Florida address? Yeah, he pays taxes to the county. So, And technically, so along the same lines, technically you have to spend at least three months in, in at your residence to qualify. He does, but... I could, because I'm his son, I could, he could just say, yeah, he spends three months there and they would vaccinate me without ID or anything like that either. Like they're just literally sticking vaccine arms down there. So so aside from the stuff you have to do, are you considering going down then? So, yeah, well, we just got, we're currently, when this comes, the announcement will already be made, but we're right before there's some sort of announcement coming at two 30 with more restrictions coming, sounds like a whole bunch of stuff is going to get X-Nade. I'm allowed to work with up to eight players on the ice currently. They have to be national level. If this comes down, I'm put down to four. Also, the OHL sounds like they're just not going to be skating. So if this comes down, I might just tell my kids, "I'm like, guys, like take a break. I'm going to Florida. Mm-hmm. See you later. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that might just be it. Because, I mean, currently, right now, it is safer to be in Florida than it is to be in Burlington. And that's disappointing to me. 
Uh, it really is. There's been some bungled scenarios from this whole thing. And I really, I, I look at what other countries have done and I certainly wouldn't have wanted to do what the U S did where it was kind of like you called it the wild west where, yeah. you know, let's let everybody just kind of get it. And whoever dies, dies. I mean, that's not necessarily the way to go, <laughs> but I no. certainly look at countries like Australia and New Zealand that when you see video of them all hanging out on Bondi and, and you're like, what the hell did they do? Right. That why are they okay to do that? And we're not like, I have a buddy in New Zealand and life normal, like day to day, like you wouldn't even know something went on or was going on. And, yeah. you know, uh, I think this is a good segue because I think I'd like to just drop this straight into our guest because, you know, Mike has some stuff to say. So first of all, let's introduce Mike Fitzpatrick. We've got Mike Fitzpatrick, who's a wellness mentor, uh, entrepreneur, business owner, all kinds of titles. Wonderful dude, actually. Follow him on Fitzpatrick on, on Instagram at FitFamFits. And we will actually post that down below in the show notes. How are you today? I'm good. As good as can be. As good as can be. You've been smiling and smirking throughout this entire intro so far. <laughs> yeah, oh, I mean, everything, there's so many connections. I feel like what you guys have been talking about, and I'm not even going to get into the fact that I just got back and got my first seven Visalign's. <laughs> 20, 20, 20 Woo, minutes ago. That's amazing. Ago. So there you go. I'm yeah. drinking a coffee, so mine aren't in right now. So I got the nice. <laughs> how do the nubs feel? How do you like those nubs? They're weird, eh? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, I just laugh because that was your that was your last episode. And, yeah, uh, yeah. So so many connections. That's funny. You're Invisalign buddies. Where are you, Mike? What, what what part of Ontario are you in right now? I'm right next door in Oakville. Okay. Ah. So going through a lot of the similar stuff. You guys are waiting every day to see what they've given, what they're going to take away, what they're, you know, what they're saying was my fault, your fault, somebody's fault. But yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the same thing you guys are dealing with. That's my biggest challenge is there's no definitive action here. It's all this kind of waffling back and forth as to what should be done. And nobody has stepped up. Not even the federal government has stepped up to say, this is the answer. We're going to do this and everybody needs to get on board. I'm a little tired of this kind of, I don't know, this sort of fascist conversation of, I I don't think there's an end game to destroy small business specifically. I don't think there's a benefit in that for the government, but I definitely think that what they're doing is hurting small business in a massive way that should never have been done. And I'll tell you right now, just to get my rant over with, I bought some earrings for my wife for my wife's birthday last week. And I had to call around because we're already in this lockdown and figure out where I could find these earrings because ordering them online, I just find ridiculous because how am I supposed to know what something really looks like from an online thing from when it comes to jewelry? So I found a, a wonderful small business on uh, Upper Middle and um, Upper Middle and Brant in Burlington called Chris Jewelers, K-R-I-S Jewelers, who wonderfully opened their doors to me and allowed me in. And I looked through a bunch of stuff and I bought some stuff from them. He was saying like, he's like, I don't understand why we we can control this better than Walmart can. So why aren't we allowed to be open? It doesn't make sense to me. And I agree with him. Yeah. I have 30,000 square feet at work and all I need to be profitable, to be paying taxes, to be contributing to the economy is to be allowed to have eight people inside and I have 30,000 square feet to spread them out in and I'm not allowed. 
Yeah, it doesn't yeah. make sense. No, I can sympathize. My previous life before I jumped into health and wellness, my brother and I started a chain of pet stores called Bark and Fits. We had it up to 23 from New Jersey, Montreal to Vancouver. And uh, yeah, I now I feel horrific for any small business. Like it, I nowadays with, with the control that we've seen they have based on a non-elected official saying, no, you know what? We're going to go with Bill, whatever we pick today, and we're going to use that and shut it down. It's that it is incredibly scary for small business owners. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So just mentally though, like for me, myself, my days were filled with going in in the morning, doing maintenance and then taking a break and then going back and working with children for the night. Like I would be, my time would be taken from three 30 till nine o'clock at night, most nights of work of doing stuff. And so now it's like I've downloaded a couple video games and and stuff because I'm like, we are under renovation. We are putting a gym in, but I am I'm not a part of that renovation. So I just go in and I, I take a look, but it sounds like construction's gonna get shut down now. So now I'm not even gonna have that. We just have two construction guys, just two contractors in there building a, a gym in our old party room. I'm like, sounds like we might get extended now to this lockdown. And I'm like I'm searching for games. I'm searching for some to occupy my mind. Like my house, I'm like, okay, I can do maybe do some renos here. But then I go and I looked, I had to put screws in the wall the other day to put a garden hose holder on the wall. And it was a day wait for me to get screws. I like, I had to wait a day to put a garden hose on the wall. I'm just, well, your, your point there is valid. So what happens? So we've, we've heard a lot about, you know, children's mental health and so on and so forth, but there's definitely something to like, when you get on an airplane, they always tell you, you know, put the mask on yourself first before you take care of your kids. And I think that's a very important message here. I know my wife and I have gone through challenges in the last six months or a year or whatever it's been now. And, you know, with new changes and new lockdowns and uncertainty, it's always difficult to understand what's going to happen next. And that's part of the challenge and it creates fear. Right. And And fear is one of the worst things for stress and fear or fear comes from stress stress comes from fear kind of intertwined and stress is so bad for you i mean am i wrong am i right or am i wrong there i mean stress is like a killer yeah it's one of the number one number one things i think it's the reason my brother had a heart attack at the age Mm. of 47 was stress Mm. it raises your cortisol levels it causes inflammation in your entire body and it seems like it is the number (laughs) It's, we're we're going to get there, I know. I'm trying to ease into it, but <laughs> I think it's the number one thing that they are using right now to have people comply is fear. And for me, I've been doing this now for six years, and to some degree at some point, if all you're going to do is complain, then that's just bitching. And so I, I took it upon myself six years ago to try and help and trying to help people relieve stress, relieve, relieve the inflammation and actually give them something tangible to do. But now all of a sudden I got lambasted yesterday by somebody who I haven't spoken to. I used to live in BC up until about 20 years ago. I got lambasted by somebody who I haven't spoken to in 20 years saying, Mike, 
what are you doing? What is your purpose? What are you trying to prove? And I said, what are you talking about? They said, well, you're, you're doing a disservice. You're doing a dis, you're distracting everybody from the government's, you know, uh, goal to get everybody vaccinated. Like, what do you think you're doing? You're going to cure COVID. And I said, I've been doing this for six years. And the fact that now me talking about preventing hospital visits, preventing people from getting sick is a bad thing. I said, that's, that should scare the living heck out of you. That that is your first response after 20 years. So that's a great point. So I actually listen to Joe Rogan a lot. And one of the things he's been hammering on about for the last year is the fact that they've said from the beginning that simple things like vitamin D and vitamin C and just a couple of different things taken regularly, not, they won't necessarily stop you from getting COVID, but will help this help you fight it off and, and not have as many symptoms and things like this. There's a bunch of different things. So why aren't we talking more about that? Why isn't that as a government action, a more important piece of the puzzle? Cause it just seems like it's all vaccine, 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 do your part, wear a mask, stay at home, which are all valid points to some extent. I mean, you know, depending on who you talk to, I suppose. Why isn't that a big priority? Like get out and walk for an hour a day or 45 minutes or 30 minutes if you need to. I, I think it's almost easier for them to feel like they're just going to solve a problem with one simple sweep as opposed to trying to get people healthy. And I think that is such a cop out and such a lazy way to approach this. They had a year where they knew they were going to wait for a vaccine Mm. in that time period. Like you said, vitamin D, vitamin A, vitamin K, and zinc. Those are things, the first three are what we call fat soluble uh, vitamins. Those three are known in seniors. They're 90, 90% of seniors are deficient in those three. Those three are directly related to your immune system. Like it's, it, it, to me, the connections are so obvious. So in that year where we're waiting for a vaccine, instead of locking them up and doing mental harm to these senior citizens where they can't see anybody, they're locked in their room, all they could have done, and again, I am not saying it's going to cure COVID, any of that stuff, but literally the lives that could have been saved in one year, and it's dirt cheap to go and, you know what, we're going to issue all these things to every long-term care home just like a proactive thing. Like let's, let's get them on vitamin D. Let's get them on vitamin A, vitamin K, and let's make sure they're, they're not deficient in zinc. That would have boosted their immune system. And, and no scientist on earth would ever say that that wouldn't have saved lives. So I, I beat my head against the wall because I don't understand why prevention isn't part of it. All they do is they look at the systemic problem we have in our hospitals that are underfunded. Nursing schools are being closed. We're not attracting enough doctors, but instead they blame it on COVID. It's like, no, 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 come on. We're, we're an unhealthy society. Come on. That's, that's, that's the problem, but nobody wants to say it. Well, let's be honest. We're, you can go and buy a burger for $2 or something at McDonald's and, <laughs> and that's more effect, like that's easier to get at than a proper healthy meal in a well, lot of ways, quite frankly. I agree 100% with you, but it's the fact that it's not immediately tangible. Mm. 
right? Like if you get COVID, you get COVID immediately, you know, you have COVID. If you're taking vitamins and stuff and you don't get COVID, it's one of those things like, oh, maybe it worked. Maybe it didn't. Yeah, the science, yeah. like you're saying, is there. Yeah. The science to back it up is there. But who other than people in, in the know are going and looking up the stats? Mm-hmm. So it's a little harder to spread. And it's just a little bit more willingness and, and public awareness and funding. And right now, funding is that's a horrible word to use in government right now because they're like, don't even ask right mm-hmm. now for funding. But just and to be clear, just, though. You're not anti-vaxxer, right? 100% not. 100%. Right. I, I actually had to convince my mom to go get vaccinated. Right. Just let's let, I always say that. I, and I, I come straight up. My kids are fully vaccinated. Mm-hmm. I have, I have no, I, no problem when it's an actual vaccine. We don't, I don't want to, I don't want to get into what this is that they have. But again, once, once it actually is approved in 2023 by the FDA, yeah, I'll probably take it. Mm-hmm. But right now it's, I mean, that it's hard because anybody who speaks out and, and like I said yesterday, me talking about vitamin D, like getting out in the sun is being seen as a conspiracy theorist. I'm like, where the hell does that, that is some badass indoctrination that people are under. And it's from fear. It's from fear and it's from some of the things we've talked about recently where we, you know, these, these sort of algorithms on the internet of getting information from sources that you probably shouldn't be getting information from. Let's be honest. My, my challenge is the end goal. I always look to the end and go, what would the end goal be of that thing? And why is it that they think that they're pushing that narrative? Like, what is the purpose of that narrative? And a lot of it doesn't make sense to me. You know, like, I don't think the government is anti-small business. In fact, the Ford government, the conservative government in general, is more positively so. But the, the facts and everything, though, small business is always the backbone of an economy. That's the point. That's the point. So there's no end game. There's no real. The problem is they've made mistakes and they don't know how to clean it up. Right. I think is really the 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 bottom line here. And someone just needs to have a pair of balls, make a decision, and do something like. Solid. And maybe this is what they're trying to do now. Lockdown. But see, to me, gradually locking down. Screw that, man. <laughs> Underprepared, <laughs> overreacting. <laughs> like, kind of. It's like, put, 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 throw something on the wall, see if it sticks, yeah, see if our numbers doesn't come make down. Sense. Doesn't make sense. And, I mean, again, look back to New Zealand. Look back to Australia. They shut it down and said, nobody's coming in and nobody's going out. And they had, what, 40 deaths total? Easier to do as an island, got it. Of course, yeah. no question. <laughs> of course, but, but I, I also, I also, even to that degree, I also don't know if long term that's going to help. You watch, and this is a perfect example with our immune system. I, I always think of it as like playing Donkey Kong as a kid. They don't start you at level eleven. Because you haven't learned what you have to do at level one, level two, level three. It's the same as your immune system. And I I said from March 2020, I want to get it early. I want this. Like, I want to get it. I'm I'm in that 99.98 percentile that probably will be okay. Mm -hmm. But the problem is now with these lockdowns and with isolation is your immune system is it, it learns, it grows, it reacts. It's called an adaptive immune system for a reason. So when you're, when the majority of the population, and again, I, I'm not talking about 
older people or people with compromised immune systems. My father-in-law has lupus, which is an autoimmune disorder. He's got to be careful. But your immune system learns. Mm. So think of what happens. And, and again, you don't have to be a scientist. Think of what happens when you're not exposed to the original COVID, variant one, variant two, or variant three. The mean ass one that has learned to evolve and become stronger, what do you think is going to happen when variant four hits you when you've been locked up in your house and not exposed to one, two, or three? It's going to be bad. So to me, going out without a mask, getting, getting, you know, exposed to it for most of us, like, you know, who, who aren't immunocompromised, that actually is going to be a good thing over the course of time. You're actually going to learn your, your, your immune system is going to grow. But I, now people who are locked up and, and all of a sudden, you know, if you don't get vaccinated, you're, you're, you're in for a, a big awakening. Prior to all this, that was a big argument against uh, hand sand. Like yeah. people would say like, it's not really great to use hand sanitizer all that all the time because you want your body to have, to be infected with things to learn to fight it off. So you're stronger. Well, COVID COVID aside, my nephew is two, just over two years old. His birthday was at the end of January. Half his life yeah. has been spent in COVID in lockdown. And <laughs> before half, but when before this half, his nose was always runny. It was always like he had a slight cough always COVID hit. And he's been the healthiest kid you've ever seen for a year now, like his nose is never running. And so COVID ends, he's going to be going to daycare and stuff like that. And I've been telling my sister, you better be prepared. He's going to be getting, uh-huh. he's going to be getting all kinds of sickness from daycare because for this last year at this pretty critical time in life, he's not being exposed to anything. Mm. He's being exposed to his dog. Mm. Let, yeah, the, let the dog lick his mouth or something. Be- <laughs> <laughs> my my wife and I always fight. She's like the Lysol queen. And, I, and I'm like, you got to stop doing yeah. that. A, I don't want my food touching that. And yeah. B, it's like, it's like you're, you're, you're spritzing your house with antibiotics, mm. right? Like it, it kills the good stuff and the bad stuff, but it's like, go eat some dirt. <laughs> it's true. That's what we did as kids. Yeah. That's what we did. I was eating flowers and stuff and like shoving my fingers in my mouth after digging in the dirt. Psh, who cares? My, my nephew's new thing is, is paper. He likes to eat paper. It's true. Like, when we, when we grew up, I remember we, I, in Northern BC, we'd go garden raiding. It was called where I don't know why you'd go sneak into someone's garden and steal their peas and carrots and stuff. Nice. You didn't, you didn't wash a carrot. You pulled it out of the ground. You dusted. You do that. Now people would freak out oh, yeah. going, what are you doing? No, you gotta, you gotta soak it in some uh, 50 to one vinegar mixture. And then you've got to, it's like, no, just pull it out and eat it. You know, talking about a little bit about the mental side of it, this, I mean, the stress and all that stuff alone, what are some of the things we could do to kind of get our mind through this? Yeah. Couple, couple and I, I try not to get too sciencey cause I'm actually not, obviously I'm just a dude. <laughs> I used to be a grade eight science teacher too. I'm like, I am your classic Jack of all trades, master of none. You look in the dictionary, <laughs> it's got my picture there. So for me and what I, what we tell our clients usually is there's a couple things you can do if, even if you don't want to exercise. So, in your body, 
the first thing that happens is you have T cells that go out. They're like, like the little secret service agents and they, they get all the pathogens and they kind of make sure, but the things that surpass them or go past them are what's called your B cells. The B cells are what I was saying. Those are the things that actually learn. They're called memory cells. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Oh shit. I, I saw this one before this one's similar. Yeah. We're going to go do it. So that's what they would do with the variants. Right. Two things, Two things you can do to increase your B cells and your T cells are simple sleep and meditation. And I'm, I'm a hockey guy. I played college basketball. I, you told me to meditate. I'd say, yeah, no, nah, you know, I'll, I'll have my burger. Thanks. I'm going to pass. <laughs> so again, for guys, and we'll get into that later, but 10 minutes of meditation a day, getting some proper sleep, that is like the number one thing you can do to boost your immune system and to stay healthy. Not even, not even talking about eating and moving. I just listened to, again, I'm going to fall back on Joe Rogan, but he, he had Alex uh, Honnold on, who's a mountain climber. If you've ever seen that movie, Free Solo, it's pretty incredible. The guy climbed a massive cliff with no ropes or anything like that. Just insane. And he's cool as a cucumber up there. You're, you know, a thousand feet up, you fall, you're dead. And they, he's one of his sponsors for one of the things he does is a sleep app. And they've determined that he's, he has 15 to 20% more REM sleep than the average human based on the stats that they combine and, and, and have from the, from North America. And they've kind of figured that because he gets that much more REM sleep, he's way more chill, way more mellow. He's not as stressed. I mean, think about it. He's climbing huge walls and he's not scared per se. I mean, they're scared, There's, but he's not freaking out. Like I'd be freaking out if I was standing anywhere near the edge of that thing. He's trying to climb up it. And so I think your point with re- relation to sleep is highly important. I think people don't put enough emphasis on that. We stay up too late watching Netflix, you know, and then get up too early to have to go to work or get the kids up or whatever else. And so I think getting an extra hour here and there isn't terrible napping throughout the day. I know. Yeah, and even, even just quality of sleep. I mean, and I, I, you, I always say I've got a seven year old who still crawls in our bed, which destroys my sleep, but <laughs> it's, it, it is probably one of the, the most underrated things you can do for, for, for your health and probably the easiest. I mean, Jesus, who doesn't, who doesn't like to sleep? Everybody sleeps. Everybody well, one, sleeps. One thing that's happened with me is because of COVID, normally I would work till 9.30, sometimes 10, 11 o'clock at night. Coming home from work, I wouldn't be able to just shut down right away and I'd have to unwind from work. So I would be watching TV till maybe one in the morning before I would actually fall asleep. And then I would wake up the next day, 7 a.m., whatever, which is not great at six o'clock or I mean six hours that's not great sleep with once COVID hit, I've been getting up at the same time, but I haven't been at work late. So 1030 rolls around at night and I'm like, well, I'm done with whatever I'm watching on TV. Maybe I'll just go to bed now. And <laughs> I've just noticed that my sleep pattern, just by changing my sleep pattern, like you said, I, next morning waking up at 7am instead of struggle, roll over, get up and start my day. It's okay. Roll over, get up, start my day, go walk the dog. Right? Like I have that more energy in the morning, but Mike, one thing I wanted to ask you is my thing with work. I would always, 
I have the ability to go to Florida, to my dad's house in Florida. So I would always set up trips so that whenever it's hard work, I would always make sure whenever we went through heavy season or busy season, I would be having a trip right after that. So it's kind of like, okay, seven weeks to go, six weeks to go and kind of lead to something. And I found myself kind of almost hitting dark cloud moments right now because we're living in that lockdown life. I can't go to Florida. I have nothing really other than the success of my business. I have nothing really driving me right now because it's like I got nothing to do. So what would you suggest? What should I do in, in those cases when I hit those moments of like, okay, well, tomorrow's a whole lot of nothing. Yeah, that's and that's the worst thing that's going on right now to me is the mental dreariness for people and the stress which affects your sleep affects like we said at the beginning your your cortisol levels for yeah and my wife and I are going through that too we're we're on a cottage hunt right now which <laughs> I was talking with Justin about earlier which is basically futile unless you're willing to bid a million dollars over asking right now yeah. it's insane but yeah i for us it's it's focusing controlling the controllable which probably people get sick of hearing but we will from a fitness standpoint we say to each other okay let's let's do a challenge let's let's challenge ourselves and do something otherwise you know what even for myself it's my job it's hard to do like it's the the reason most guys well one of the reasons most guys have trouble staying fit is cuz it's hard like it is it's hard it sucks most of the time. I I hate it. Like working out, eating, yeah, I can eat well. Working out to me is like, Jesus Christ. I'm lucky I have my wife who pushes me to do it. But we will focus on like a 21-day calendar. And that's something that every day we kind of not look forward to, but you know how wives are really good at making lists and checking them off. And if you miss that one, they remind you 15 times (laughs) not to do the one, but it, it like, there's actually some kind of, I don't know, hormonal positive, positive release. When you check that off, Hey, I did that. I'm actually, I'm actually accomplishing something. And that's what we try and do with, with, with people is like, you know what, break it up into a small chunk because we were travelers. We'd every year we'd go at least, I'm talking four or five times somewhere tropical, somewhere hot to escape this. And yeah, it's tough, but you've got to, we, we did camping. That's what we discovered last year is where I didn't think my wife was going to be a camper, you know, with all the germs and things like that, but we, we picked up camping. So now we're looking forward to doing something like that. We've booked a couple cottage rentals as long as they don't squash that or take that away from us. We've booked three campsites over the course of, over the course of the summer. So sometimes it is that pivot, finding something positive to look forward to. Sometimes it's exercise. Sometimes, like I said, it's just finding something to do with your family that, that you know, you can put on that calendar. And like you said, look forward to. I think from a perspective of shifting over to kind of like the men's health side of things, one of the things that's, I think, been a struggle for a lot of people there's a lot of like men that are breadwinners in their family that are very much suffering right now because they can't provide. I think that's a thing right now. I feel like as the man of that, and I don't want like, this isn't a sexist thing. I'm fully for equality and everything else and and all that. But I just know that there's a, there's a struggle out there from a, a men's perspective to have to be able to 
do something more. And I, I like I've I've read some of the statistics on suicide and you know in men and and it's actually a, a surprisingly shocking number of men that commit suicide versus over women and 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 so on. And so you know I wonder how much of that this whole thing is affecting that us as 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 men and and providers and so on and so forth. I mean it just seems like something to talk about because we don't. I think men are conditioned not to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, men, it, men are known for never going to the doctor, right? How many guys do you know that's like, that are 40? It's one of the last time you were at the doctor. I don't know. When I was 12 yeah. and I broke my leg playing hockey, you know, that's, that's a guy thing. It's like, we're supposed to be tough. We're supposed to, you know, handle things. We're supposed to, again, this is going to come across as sexist and you yeah. can tell how, how old <laughs> I am, but you know, bring home the bacon and do that whole thing. And, and men, well, men and women, probably parents in general, are horrific at putting themselves first, mm-hmm. especially once you have a family. Men, you know, no, I, I'm too busy. I got to do this. And then I've got to do this. And whereas, whereas the number one thing they shouldn't be doing is taking care of themselves. And it's funny. My, my brother was, he, I always... I always say he probably could have come close to making the NHL. He got, you know, scholarships to Notre Dame back in the day and he never went. Him and him and Paul Correa were like the top scorers in, in, in the BC best ever program there for a while. But he was this little guy and he didn't do it. But some someone someone like him now at the age, what is he? He's forty seven. He's starting to go see, I don't even know if it's a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a physiotherapist. I mean, he, he went through the heart attack and everything, which is major. But guys just aren't supposed to do that. We're not supposed to go to therapy and talk about our feelings. We're just supposed to deal with stuff, which I think builds up and builds up and builds up. And then you bring in the exercise. Well, that's just, I don't have time for that. <laughs> I mean, I just, I'm busy working, Right. Well, what do, but what is exercise for men? Because I think there's a stigma of, you know, these beefed up dudes running around lifting weights and throwing, you know, throwing steel around and doing their thing. But that's not really what exercise should be or needs to be for every guy. Right. I mean, we can, we can call it what it is. I mean, it's, there's so many different opportunities. Yoga is amazing, by the way. I enjoy, I enjoy yoga. One thing I got a, I wear a Apple watch and I actually started wearing it more recently with COVID. And when I take my dog for a walk, I go for a two kilometer walk and I burn 250 calories just by walking my dog. Mm. Like simple things like that. I think. Yeah. It's walking is probably the best, one of the best things you can do for yourself. It creates a rhythm. Your, your body has two detoxifying systems. One, you probably heard of your lymphatic system, right? There's also your glymphatic system which deals with your brain. The only way those things flush out and actually work and get the crap out of your body is if, is through rhythmic motions, right? We can think of a fun one to do, but there's... there's <laughs> there, I had to go there. When I, when I started thinking rhythmic <laughs> motion, I, could, I just thought of my wife. Sorry. I hope uh, you can edit that. We have devolved. We're good. <laughs> Yeah, but but through through exercise, that's that's the way it happens. That's the way it works. You don't you don't. And the thing with guys is, again, thinking of fitness, you think if you got to go to the gym and do stuff, 
most of us don't know what to do in a gym. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you go around and you spend more time walking to the water cooler and, you know, checking your phone. It's for, for us, what we try and teach is minimum 20 minutes a day, whether, and, and all our clients do it at home. We, we offer home-based solutions. We offer, we offer daily, weekly, monthly meal plans. And we also offer at home fitness because, and that's perfect for guys because most guys are either too embarrassed to start. Like when I, when I started, I think I was close to 200 pounds and I'm only like five foot 10 and I've got a, I've got a a slim build. So I wasn't going to want to start in the gym. And so most guys just don't start. And then the concept of men doing at-home fitness, uh, isn't that, you know, Jane Fonda, isn't that, you know, that kind of the thigh master you see on TV. It doesn't have a very masculine sound to it. So it, it, it's, it's a struggle to get guys to start even. I have been in and out of some of your programs for years and never actually completed one until January, February of this year. It's awesome. Which one? I did lift four. And uh, from start one. to finish, love it, love it. And you know what I love about it? It's four days a week. Yep. Not even every day, aside from the stretching stuff. It's four days a week, and it's only like 40 minutes. I'm not, like, I'm not, I promote it, whatever, I don't care what you call it, but it literally yep. is super convenient. And I just found for me, if I don't do my workout in the morning, it won't get done. So, you know, got up at 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning, went down after Andrea did her workout, I did mine. Maybe hop on the Peloton for an extra 20, 30 minutes after as well, you know, and, or, and then take the dogs for a walk or whatever we do. And so I, the, I've never, I think what I like about the program is that that particular one in general is that you can, wherever you need to be to be comfortable. I mean, definitely you want to push yourself out of your comfort zone a little bit, but wherever you need to be to be comfortable, you can be, and there's no judgment. Right. Like no. there's no beefy dude standing over you lifting 500 pounds and you going, Oh, I feel like a wiener next to him. It's just you doing what you need to do to just move your body. Cause you moving your body is better than you not moving your body and sitting on the couch and eating popcorn and chips and shit. Doing what I'm doing right now. <laughs> yeah, no. And it's, it's, it's amazing because I, I had a pretty severe knee injury playing basketball where I had reconstruction. I've got screws in it. I, I'll never be able to run again, which sucks, but every single one of the programs, they have modifiers, which mm-hmm. is great. So even for, that was my excuse probably for 10 years until my blood pressure hit like one, what was it? One fifty? I don't even know what it was. It was, it was my bad. Doctor, said it, it was, <laughs> doctor said it was the highest he'd ever seen for a guy my age who wasn't, you know, extremely out of shape. So there's, there's modifiers. You can do it in your own house. And and I think one of the reasons, again, with lift four, you probably love it. Joel is just a normal dude. He is one of the biggest with, I got to golf with him last summer in, in Scottsdale at the TPC championship course, which was amazing. Yeah, He loves whiskey. He loves burgers. He, and they preach balance. It's none of this like, ultra high, don't do this, don't do that. The whole concept is don't cut out stuff, just mm. add the good stuff, right? And by, by natural balance, some of that bad stuff will fall off because none of us like deprivation. I, if you tell me I can never have a burger or a beer or, or wine at night, it's like, yeah, no, that's not for me. And so most people don't start. 
Well, and I think one of the biggest problems we have is that we're told right off the hop when it comes to some of these diet things is you have to eat this amount of calories and you limit your calories right away. And I think what ends up happening is if you get, and we've learned this from our past guests as well, if you get in these uh, calorie deficits all the time, constantly, you're actually hurting yourself more than helping yourself because your body thinks it's starving all the time. So it's better to be in and out of those calorie deficits and trying to work with it in a, in a proper way and to have some balance because gosh, I mean, I love a good burger and I love some chips every now and then. Well, another thing that I like to, to point out too is the average man, if we're talking about men's health, the average man is not the rock. The average man is not Mark Wahlberg. And those are the popular diets that you see, what their diet is. And then people hear diet, okay, well, that means I'm doing what The Rock is doing. And no, no, you are not doing what Mark Wahlberg is doing. You're not doing what The Rock is doing. There are simpler diets, like you're saying, Mike, where, where you're, you're going to be given more. You're going to get eased into it a little bit more. You're going to be afforded certain things. You're like, oh, wow, I'm on a diet and I get to do this. Mm. And I think a lot of it also comes down to something that you help with, Mike, is education on it. If you're aware of what you're doing to yourself, you can act on it. Some people just flat out aren't aware. They know that they're gaining weight. They know that they might not be mentally healthy, but they just don't know where to get the help, how to get the help. They don't know why it's happening. And through through hockey myself, I was afforded the ability to to have a, a, a mental coach that comes in and helps hockey teams and stuff like that. And they taught me how I learn. They taught me what my personality will work best with. They taught me what coaches I'm going to be best with. Once I knew that, there were better. it was better things because I knew this coach is yelling at me right now and I don't like it. And I know that I don't like it because I'm this type of personality and I'm going to react this way. So it helps me to just brush by and be like, you know what, he's just doing that. And mental health that way I was better. And then on the, on the nutrition side, of course, that's, that's huge for sports. But like you're saying, you can eat things. You can't, you don't always have to cut everything out. But keep no. in mind, can I just say that the rock probably eats way more than you think? Like the rock has to get up at midnight and eat. So well, he order might to also be in, injecting things as well. <laughs> he, maybe, but I was speaking to a guy recently about this. I can't remember who I was talking to. And in order to maintain that massive muscle, you have to eat so much. And, and at, at times of day, like you have to wake yourself up at one o'clock in the morning and eat. Otherwise your body will start breaking down the muscle. Right? So it's not realistic to look at someone like the rock and go, I mean, if you really truly want to get like that, that's a different thing. Right. But if you just want to stay healthy and just be a normal dude and have a good life and take care of your kids for, you know, and, and not leave them too early, there's a couple yeah. of small changes, right? And it's basic. I mean, yeah, my wife would like me to eat what Mark Wahlberg eats. I'm pretty sure, <laughs> but I'm not, yeah, no. Getting to some Calvin Kleins. Yeah, exactly. No, but nobody, again, uh, none of the clients we deal with are looking for six packs. Yeah, sure. But, but who the hell wants to deprive themselves of any joy in life for that? Mm. Maybe, maybe when I was 22, 23, you know, 30 years ago, that was, yeah, I think I did crunches trying to get abs. But like you said, nowadays, I literally... I want to wake up and not hurt. You know, I want to wake up and not feel foggy when I didn't drink. I want, I want to, I want to wake up and actually, you know, have that 
energy because that, to me, that's the thing that becomes addictive is how you feel, not how you look. And that, and that's really what got me is after, after doing it for like 21 days was like, Oh my God, this is what normal feels like. I'm like, I don't want to go back to, you know, feeling and, and, and having night sweats all the time. And, you know, having that blood pressure, it, it becomes addictive again, that, that feeling. And, and I, yes, we we're big on, on fitness, but I'm, I'm 90% nutrition. I think 90% of what we do is based on nutrition. And to bring it full circle, you just said, get back to feeling normal. It's been a, over a year of, feel, of not feeling normal. It's true. Oh. How much does alcohol play, play a part of this? Uh, it depends where you're at. It, we, we probably drink too much. This, I, I think we drank, we've drank more wine in the past 13 months than we have probably the previous 10 years. And I don't think I'm exaggerating. No, I honestly don't think I'm exaggerating. My wife's a teacher. That's stressful right now as hell. Yeah. You know what? I think what saved me was I probably, I probably only have had maybe one beer every three months. I, I don't, I don't think beer is a great one for you. Maybe it's me justifying the fact that I can drink more wine that way in volume than beer. But to me, I find beer was always when I was drinking beer, like after hockey, right? You'd, you'd play, you'd go to, you'd go out, you have some wings and a couple pints. That was, that's, I think that's what got me into trouble. So yeah, I mean, I, I would never tell a client don't drink moderation and it, it sometimes it goes in push periods we always call them push periods and it's the same with work is there's a time when yeah maybe when I have a burger I'll take the top off and I'll just use the bottom and get a big ass piece of lettuce crunchy lettuce as my top because in, at the end of the day it actually still tastes the same mm-hmm. you don't you don't even notice it but it's those like little things that we teach people to tweak you know or do this you know maybe try this instead of that as opposed to don't ever have a burger because I think that's where you lose people. And we we've had the same clients now for six years who don't want to leave just because a, they love the community, which is kind of cool. And they, and they, and they learn something new. Like you said, Ryan, it's the education part. They're learning as they go and uh, adapting. We've talked a little bit about community on this podcast a couple of times. And I think that's an important piece connection with other humans. Cause right now we're craving that. Right. And yeah. having, having that ability to just reach out and connect with somebody on some level, I think is important. Yeah. And we're all, we're socially adjusted people. I, you know, as much as the three of us can be, but for, for some people, this, this must be living a nightmare. I mean, some people maybe, maybe have loved not having to go to work and, and see people, but I'm, I'm definitely an extrovert and this sucked. I mean, for me, I, I miss I miss team sports. I miss being around people. For for what it's worth, we've had a four family bubble on our street since March of last year. And we that first lockdown, it was like it was like when you were fifteen sneaking out of the house to see your <laughs> girlfriend. We we would like We'd send the kids out and we'd be like, is anybody out there? No. Okay. And we'd go out and we'd look and then we'd sneak over to the neighbor's house. Every <laughs> other Friday, we'd go to each other's house because they have kids the same age as us. We're all working from home. You literally were sneaking out 
to go have a nice dinner with your neighbors. Mm. And it was like, it's pathetic to do that, but I know it saved us. Mm. Yeah. My, my thing now, I know earlier I said, I, I always like to almost set the goalposts, put the goalposts, something to work towards. My thing now is what I've been trying to tell myself is there's a light. There's a light. We see the light. There's, there's like stuff is coming. We look south of the border and we see them being able to open up further. It's coming. We're, we're, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Just head down and battle through this for now. And, and in the meantime, I love what you've said and I've used it on a couple of things uh, recently because I saw you say it on, I think on Instagram at some point. And it was control the controllable. Really, at the end of the day, we can control what's going on in our day-to-day lives. And we have, to con- we have to just be the best person we can be in that moment. Otherwise, really, we're in a situation where playing the victim and all this other stuff that we could be doing out there is only going to be detrimental to us and, quite frankly, our kids. Because our kids will pick up on that and be that person down the road. And that's the one thing that I've been most um, vocal about is that when parents are going crazy and playing the victim and being that person, the kids then do the same thing. Right. And the number, it's the number one indicator of children's mental health is how their parents are handling this. There you go. And that's why we've tried to maintain a sense of normalcy as much as we can by having these family play dates, doing the camping, you know, going out as much as possible, telling our kids, you know, you'd, kind of educating them because especially if you're in a house where there's paranoia and fear, I mean, they can sense that they can smell it. If, if parents are watching the news constantly, kids that you cannot bombard kids with that negativity. It's like Mm. that, that's where I think a lot of the depression and clinical anxiety, which is like you talked about men's suicide rates have quadrupled in the past year. And that's scary. And kids as well. Kids, in California, I think kids' suicide are up 10 times in one year because of this. Mm-hmm. And as parents, I think that's part of our duty is to try and, like you said, set that goalpost, have something for them to look forward to, whether it's a camping trip, whether it's on Sunday we're driving out to a farm uh, way out by Peterborough to go check out this, these cows and chickens and things they have, just, just to maintain that sense of normalcy as opposed to staying inside and them smelling that fear mm. like we were at home depot the other day and a lady didn't have a mask on and my, my my son is like dad dad are we gonna get covid she doesn't have a mask on and i tell him right away it's like buddy doesn't matter the mask that's just to make people feel safe so it's educating them without the fear yep. that i think has has given my kids a bit a bit more sense of confidence and normalcy too i think it's educate yourself on it respect it. Don't fear it. Exactly. hundred percent. I think we should end on that note. That was pretty damn good. So Mike, we appreciate your time. If anybody wants to connect with you to learn more about cool. some of the awesome stuff you have to offer, cause it is pretty good stuff. You got to follow this guy on Insta stories and Instagram because honestly, very entertaining, but also very knowledgeable about stuff and tells it like it is, which I think we've kind of produced today or proved. Thanks for having me. He might rival Justin a little bit in the entertainment department. We shall see. In the Instagram stories. Do you do any karaoke, Mike? (laughs) Guys, start doing some karaoke and you can maybe get into Justin's territory. Fine. He wins. Yeah. (laughs) All right, guys. Talk to you soon. Thanks for coming, Mike. All right. 
That was another episode of The Underground. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Also, follow Justin on Facebook and see what he's up to in the real estate world at Justin Lon Carrick. And check out what Ryan is doing on the ice at more.hockey.